Blog Talk Radio. Psalm 82, a psalm of Asaph. God standeth in the congregation of the mighty. He judgeth among the gods. How long will ye judge unjustly and accept the persons of the wicked? Selah. Defend the poor and fatherless. Do justice to the afflicted and needy. Deliver the poor and needy. Rid them out of the hand of the wicked. They know not, neither will they understand. They walk on in darkness. All the foundations of the earth are out of course. I have said, Ye are gods, and all of you are children of the Most High. But ye shall die like men, and fall like one of the princes. Arise, O God, judge the earth, for thou shalt inherit all nations. Well, good morning, everyone in the western regions of the world, uh, particularly North America. Shalom, peace. My name is Kennard. I'm your host for the Merciful Servants of God Biblical Instructional Program. Of course, welcome anyone around the world who is awake to hear me speak. For those who are listening to me for the first time, this program, I hope, is unique. This program is for people who want to have the following attitude. Matthew 18, verse 3, and Jesus said, Verily, I say unto you, except you be converted. Uh, the word converted in the Greek means strepho, and it means to twist, to turn, to reverse. Uh, the Hebraic meaning of this is to do teshuva, to completely change, to turn back and become as little children. Little children. What does that mean in the Greek? Pahe dion. It means an infant. Someone who is, in most cases, infants. Well, I think in all cases, because they really can't do anything. Um, they're, they have no choice but to listen. So we should be that humble, even as adults. And he states here, Become as little children, you shall not enter into the kingdom of heaven. This is serious. I, I, I preach this. I've been preaching this lately um, quite often. And we have to humble ourselves, folks. Uh, Proverbs 13, verse 10 states plainly that only by pride, only by pride comes contention. And if you don't humble yourself, you are certainly not going to understand the words of God. Hold your place here in Matthew 18, verse 3. I have some scriptures that popping up in my head here in Proverbs chapter 1, it states plainly, plainly, in verse 22. I'm going to read this in the Amplified Version, which is a very good version to get. It amplifies the King James. It gives a deeper meaning. It is also, just like the King James Version, a word-from-word translation. Proverbs 1, verse 22. How long, O simple ones, open to evil, will you love being simple? And the scoffers delight in scoffing, and self-confident fools hate knowledge. So let me underscore that again. How long, O simple ones, open to evil, will you love being simple? And the scoffers delight in scoffing, and self-confident fools hate knowledge. 
Verse 23, if you will turn, repent, do teshuva, and give heed to my reproof. Behold, I, Yah, which is Hebrew short for God, I, wisdom, will pour out my spirit unto you. I will make my words known to you. So that's that's the reason why it's very important to be like a little child, to be like an infant, willing to learn and have no choice but to learn. Because if you don't do that, then the spirit, which in Hebrew is, means ruach, the Holy Spirit in Hebrew means ruach, hakadosh, will not be poured out on you, and you won't understand the words of God. And in verse 24, it says, Because I have called and you have refused to answer, has stretched out my hand, and no man has heeded it. In verse 25, you and you treat it as nothing. All my counsel would not accept none of my reproof. And this is the result of it, if you continue. This, is, this, is, this applies to each and every one of us. Verse 26, I also will laugh at your calamity. I will mock when the thing comes that shall cause you terror and panic. Verse 27, when your panic comes as a storm and desolation and your calamity comes on as a whirlwind or a hurricane, when distress and anguish come upon you, verse 28, then will they call upon me, but I will not answer. They will seek me early and diligently, but they will not find me. And this is the reason why, verse 29 of Proverbs chapter 1, because they hated knowledge and did not choose the reverent and worshipful fear of the Lord. And then in verse 30, would accept none of my counsel and despise all my reproof, Verse 31, therefore shall they eat of the fruit of their own way. When the Bible talks about fruits, in a lot of cases it's talking about your behavior, your deeds, how you treat people and how you treat God. Therefore shall they eat of the fruit of their own way and be satiated with their own devices. Verse 32, for the backsliding of the simple shall slay them, and the careless ease of self-confident fools shall destroy them. But whoso hearkens to me, shall dwell securely and in confident trust and shall be quiet without fear or dread of evil. So, let's go back to Matthew chapter 18. Matthew chapter 18. And so he says in verse 4, it's back in the King James Version, whoever therefore shall humble himself as his little child, the same is greatest in the kingdom of heaven. So let's remember that. Let's remember that. Well, the show today will be about, I've been preaching about the book of Revelation. I know this is not a book that people, I don't know, jump up in the air and say, yeah, I want to read it, but at least I don't think so. Um, but this book, as I've been trying to explain with the best of my ability, you, you will receive a blessing if you take it seriously. In Revelation chapter 1, verse 3, and I'm sure we all want blessings, right? Uh, Revelation 1 verse 3 Blessed is he that reads And they that hear the words of this prophecy Or understand the words of this prophecy And keep those things which are written For the time is at hand Yeah, this, the time is, certainly is at hand uh, In the 21st century uh, High probability that Yeshua or Jesus uh, Yeshua is his Hebrew name Will be coming back uh, People that aren't even religious Realize that it's going to be really difficult For us to last uh, in this world, past the 21st century, folks. So, 
uh, with that in mind, we need to really, really, really um, pay attention to this book. And that's the reason why I know the Master of the Lord is leading me to um, educate those who have a humble mind and are infants and and don't think they know everything to um, really have an open mind and listen to what I have to say about this book. I've studied this book for almost 30 years. Don't know it perfectly, but I know it well enough to teach it. And I don't think that's being arrogant to say that statement. Just like if someone gets a doctorate degree in business administration, they certainly are qualified enough to teach it. So the Greek word for keep in this verse, Revelation 1 verse 3, is te rio. It means to watch, to guard, to keep an eye on. So we need to keep an eye on these things which are written there. And we're blessed if we read it and if we understand the words and if we keep an eye on the things that are written there for the time is at hand. And so we need to do that, folks. So don't take prophecy for granted. And you need to, to, to take hold of it and, and um, really take it seriously. So... I want to read some articles based on, because some people, uh, they had this attitude that the Bible is prophesied of. Is, uh, let me let me turn to this scripture here, because we need to understand these things. You know, this world is not going to continue on, folks. Yeah, and we, we, we've, we've got to have a, a, real, a biblical, realistic attitude about this world, folks. We can't have this attitude that the people in the world have. Uh, you listening to me uh, for the first time, Yah is calling you. He's calling you to, to be a leader, a spiritual leader. In Second Peter chapter 3, let me read this in the uh, Amplified Version. Actually, let me read this in verse 1. Yeah, 2 Peter 3, verse 1 in the Amplified Version. It says, Beloved, I am now writing you this second letter. In both of them I have stirred up your sincere mind by way of remembrance. Verse 2, that you should recall the predictions of the holy, consecrated, dedicated prophets and the commandment of the Lord Savior given to your apostles as special messengers. Verse 3, to begin with, you must know and understand this, that scoffers, mockers will come in the last days with scoffing people who walk after their own fleshy desires. In verse 4, it says, Where is the promise of his coming? For since the forefathers fell asleep, all things have continued exactly as they did from the beginning of creation. And so people will have this, this, this mocking attitude about prophecy. And there's an article on the, Worldwide, uh, the World Watch Institute website this prophesying collapse, and it's by Eric Estorian, March 10th. Oh, it's on my birthday, March 10th, um, that this article was written, which is uh, pretty interesting. It says, in a, re- in a recent a- uh, MAHB blog, Paul and Annie Ehrlich, Ehrlich rather, reflecting on their paper last year on whether we can prevent civilizational collapse, Describe what preventing collapse will require and give success somewhere between a 1% and 10% chance. 
folks. I'm just going to quote here. It says, we told him we thought there was about a 10% chance of avoiding a collapse of civilization, but because of concern for our grandchildren and great-grandchildren, we were willing to struggle to make it 11%. <laughs> he said his estimate of the chance of avoiding collapse was only 1%, but he was working to make it 1.1%. Sadly, recent trends and events make us think Jim might have been optimistic. Perhaps now it's time to talk about preparing for some form of collapse soon, hopefully to make a relatively soft landing. That could be the only thing that might preserve Earth's capacity to support humans in a post-apocalyptic future. So, you know, it, it, this is realistic, folks. This is biblical what um, these individuals have stated. So, it, it, it's, uh, we, we are on the verge of collapse, ladies and gentlemen. The Bible says that in Isaiah chapter 24. It's going to get to the point where it's going to be few men left. So please, take what I'm telling you seriously, folks. But you can escape these things simply by obeying the true God of the Bible. All right. So we're reviewing Revelation chapter 8 and Revelation chapter 9. And I'm going over the book of Revelation. And if you guys want to go over this book from the beginning, uh, look at the archives. I've been doing it now for almost uh, two and a half months, I think. So Revelation 8, I'm going to read this in the King James Version, starting at verse 1. And when he had opened the seventh seal, there was silence in heaven about the space of half an hour. This literally means what it means. Verse 2, And I saw the seven angels which stood before God, and to, to them were given seven trumpets. Okay, so we first had seven seals. Each seal uh, is talking about a specific event or an occurrence. And the seventh seal unleashes the seven trumpets. All right, uh, the people are incorrectly teaching that the seven seals, the seven trumpets, and the seven pl plagues are all talking about the same thing. No, you can do a simple Bible study and see that that's, that that is wrong in that interpretation. But anyway, verse 2, And I saw the seven angels which stood before God, and to them were given seven trumpets. In verse 3, And another angel came and stood at the altar, having a golden censer, and there was given unto him much incense that he should offer it with the prayers of all the saints upon the golden altar, which was before the throne. And so when we pray to, to, to God, folks, our prayers, our righteous prayers anyway, are like incense to him. Verse 4, And the smoke of the incense, which came with the prayers of the saints, ascended up before God, I just said that, out of the angel's hand. Verse 5, And the angel took the censer and filled it with fire, of the altar and cast it into the earth and there were voices and thunderings and lightnings and an earthquake verse 6 and the seven angels which had the seven trumpets prepared themselves to sound verse 7 the first angel sounded and there followed hell and fire mingled with blood and there were cast upon the earth and the third part or 33 percent 33% of trees were burnt up, and all green grass was burnt up. So this first trumpet, and this is, folks, just pay attention to the Bible. Stop listening to these prophecy teachers that are just making money off of you, uh, just writing books, and just pay attention to what the Bible's telling you here. It tells you what each of these trumpets are. Let's listen to the Bible interpretation, folks. 
And let's understand something. Um, hold your place here. Let's, let's turn to a scripture that's very important to understand. Because this, this is violated a lot in terms of prophecy. In 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 20. Well, actually, verse 19. Let's start in verse 19. 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 19. We have also a more sure word of prophecy, whereunto you do well that you take heed as unto a light that shines in a dark place, until the day dawn and the day star arise in your hearts. In verse 20. Knowing this first. So you need to know this first when it comes to prophecy. That no prophecy of the scriptures of any private interpretation. And there's too much of that mess going around today, especially in the 21st century. The word prophecy in the Greek means prophetia, 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 and it means prediction. All right? And the word private in the Greek is idios, and it means pertaining to self, one's own. And really... The entire Bible is the Word of God, and the Word of God is the Messiah. And so the Bible is the Messiah in print, and the Messiah is a prophet. And so this not only applies to prophetic scriptures, it applies to all the scriptures. There's no private interpretation because the entire Bible was written by a prophet, the Messiah himself. Okay? So no prophecy of the scriptures of any private interpretation for the prophecy came not in old time by the will of man, but holy men of God spoke as they were moved by the Ruach HaKadosh or the Holy Spirit. And so let's let's stop it with all these ridiculous, idiotic interpretations of the scriptures, ladies and gentlemen, and let's take the Bible for what it says. Now, when there are symbols, there, there's one of two things, a way to interpret it. When there are symbols, God gives you certain clues or keys to, to interpret the symbol, uh, the symbols, if it's not in the text or in the Bible, uh, but in, in a lot of cases, gives you the interpretation within the Bible. Like, say, for example, he identifies Israel as being people that are obese. Well, he's giving you a clue uh, to be able to identify those people based on the description, but he's giving you the tools to interpret it. You're not taking it upon yourself to do it. In other cases, he clearly interprets what he's saying within the biblical text or some other chapter or verse elsewhere in the Bible. And in this case, he's literally telling you what the trumpet is and what, what, and what it's going to do and what event is related to it. And so let's pay attention to what he's saying here. All right, so Revelation 8, verse 6, And the seven angels which had the seven trumpets prepared themselves to sound. Verse 7, the first angel sounded, and there followed hail and fire mingled with blood. Literally, that's what it's saying. Fire mingled with blood, and there were cast upon the earth. And the third part, which is 33% of trees, were burnt up. So the, the first trumpet involves 33% of trees upon the earth burnt up, and all green grass being burnt up. That's what the first trumpet involves, folks. And verse 8 of Revelation. And the second angel sounded, and it was, uh, uh, I'm sorry, <laughs> Revelation 8, verse 8. And the second angel sounded, and as it were, a great mountain burning with fire was cast to the sea. 
this is literally, you can't say, oh, this is a symbol. It's saying a great mountain burning with fire was cast into the sea. And 33% of the third part of the sea became blood. These are going to be actual events that are going to occur. And the Bible is describing these events to you. In verse 9 of Revelation chapter 8, And the third or 33% of the creatures were in the sea, which were in the sea, and had life died. And percent of the ships were destroyed, which tells you this is certainly picturing uh, 21st century. It's involving ships here. So the second trumpet involves 33% of sea life destroyed and 33% of all ships upon the earth were destroyed. All right? And it also involves 33% of the water becoming blood upon the earth and it involves a great mountain burning with fire cast being cast into the sea. Okay, now, the third trumpet, Revelation 8, verse 10, And the third angel sounded, and there fell a great star from heaven, burning as it were a lamp, and it fell upon the third part of the rivers, and it says literally a star. Now, it can't be a, a star like the earth, because the whole earth would be destroyed, so obviously... This must be talking about a, a, a meteor, something that is, of course, um, small enough not to destroy the whole earth. So that, that has to be what it's talking about, ladies and gentlemen. I mean, just using uh, common sense here. So um, let me read a little bit any notes that I can get about this. Let's see. Revelation, Revelation, Revelation. Yeah, that has to be what it's talking about. And the third angel sounded, and there fell a great star from heaven, from the sky, burning as it were a lamp, and it fell upon 33% of the rivers and upon the fountains of water. And the name of the star, okay, here's the biblical interpretation. <laughs> and the name of the star is called Wormwood, okay? And so the Bible is interpreting this star for us here. So we don't have to wonder what it is. But like I said, I, I was right saying that this star couldn't have been like a star of the sun because the whole earth would be destroyed. And I was just using the common sense that each and he gives, us, gives each and every one of us. And the name of the star is called Wormwood. The word Wormwood in the Greek means absinthos, and it means uh, bitterness. Okay, And the third part of the, the waters became Wormwood, or bitter. That's what the word means. And 33% of all waters became bitter, and many men died of the waters because they were made bitter. And so these trumpets, ladies and gentlemen, are just causing a lot of devastation upon the earth. That's what it's doing. And so the, the uh, third trumpet involves wormwood, so it has something to do with making the waters bitter. That's what your Bible says. Okay, and many people saying oh, this is something that has something to do with Russia or whatever. Well, the Bible says that Wormwood, whatever it is, causes the waters to be bitter. I'm going to, I'm just going to go by what the Bible is telling me, not what some someone else is telling me. And many men died of the waters because they were made bitter. All right, because that's what wormwood means. It means uh, to make bitter. Okay, bitterness. That's what it means. All right, verse twelve, and that's what the star is called, wormwood. Verse twelve. And the fourth angel sounded, and this is the fourth trumpet, and the third part of the sun was smitten. All right, so 33% of the sun was smitten. What does the word smitten mean in Greek? Place, place so. And it means uh, 
was inflicted or flattened out with calamity. All right? So 33% of the sun was uh, flattened out and 33% of the moon and 33% of the stars. So as the, the, the third part of them were darkened. So 33% of the sun, 33% of the moon, and 33% of the stars. And so this must be talking about the other stars in the universe <laughs> were, dark, were darkened. And the day shone not for a third part of it. So 33% of the day did not shine. And the night likewise. Okay, so 33% of the sun, the moon, and the stars that we see when we gaze out into the, the sky at night, uh, 33% of them were darkened, and the day shone not for a third part of it, and also the night likewise. So there was some, some, something uh, affecting daytime and night. That's what the fourth trumpet. So, you know, if we're still alive today and we see all these things, well, <laughs> we could just get our Bibles out and say, hey, yeah, look, it's happening exactly what, what God said is, is happening. Verse 13 of Revelation chapter 8. And I beheld and heard an angel flying through the midst or the middle of heaven, the sky, saying with a loud voice, Woe, and woe means in the Greek, O-A-U-I-A, and it means uh, grief or great sorrow. Woe, woe, woe. So these are the last three trumpets here, the fifth, sixth, and seventh. Woe, woe, woe to the inhabitants of the earth, by reason of the other voices of the trumpet of the three angels, which are yet to sound. So these last three trumpets are really, really going to cause a bunch of devastation. That's the reason why the angels flying through the midst of heaven to warn the inhabitants of the earth. Whoa, whoa, whoa to the inhabitants of the earth by reason of the other voices of the trumpet of the three angels, which are yet to sound. So he's warning you. He's going to be warning people. God's going to be constantly warning people. Wow, these plagues are, are being executed, so uh, these uh, so people can repent. And that's what these all these um, catastrophes are for, to try to get people to repent, ladies and gentlemen. It's not for entertainment. It's to try to get people to repent. That's what they're for. Because that's what God ultimately wants to do when he has these type of uh, plagues. He wants uh, people to repent. People to repent, ladies and gentlemen. He's not doing this for entertainment purposes. Revelation 9, verse 1. And the fifth angel sounded, and I saw a star fall from heaven unto the earth, and to him, so the Bible is interpreting this star, and it says that this star is a him. So this, this star is a being, okay? So it says, I saw a star fall from heaven, fall from the sky into the earth, and to him was given the key of the bottomless pit. All right, in verse 2. And he opened the bottomless pit, and there rose a smoke out of the pit as the smoke of a great furnace, and the sun and the air was darkened by reason of the smoke of the pit. In verse 3. And there came out of the smoke locusts upon the earth, and to them was given power, as the scorpions of the earth have power. And it was commanded to them that they should not hurt the grass of the earth, neither any green thing, neither any tree, but only those men which have not the seal of God in their foreheads. Now we know 
that in Revelation chapter 7, 144,000 of all the tribes of Israel, and I explained who Israel was, you need to go, or is rather, you need to go and study that to find out for yourself. But I did mention, I'll mention briefly here and give you a website, uh, org. Modern Israel today consists of the United States, uh, the British Commonwealth of Nations, Canada, South Africa, New Zealand, um, Australia, the, the countries in Northwestern Europe. Of course, any, any, anybody who, uh, outside of those countries who believe in Yeshua Messiah as their Lord and Savior, they become uh, part of the Commonwealth of Israel. Verse 5. To them it was given that they should not kill them, but that they should be tormented five months. Okay, so people that don't have the seal of God in their foreheads, um, outside of the 144,000, and it says, And to them it was given that they should not kill them, but that they should be tormented five months, and their torment was as the torment of a scorpion when he strike of a man. Because uh, those that don't have, it says right here, those that don't have the seal of God in their foreheads, are going to be suffering through these plagues, unfortunately. Verse 6, And in those days shall men seek death. And, you know, I don't think it's just 144,000. It's also people that having the seal of God in your foreheads means that you God is working with you. Because remember, uh, in Revelation chapter uh, 12, it states that, He's going uh, that uh, a certain percentage or portion of God's people will be protected, and then another won't be protected. They'll be right in the tribulation. Now, I need to do further study to see whether or not those people, I, I, you know, if they are keeping the commandments of God and hold the testimony of Yeshua, obviously, uh, Yah is not going to have them go through all these tremendous uh, plagues. They're going to be executed upon the earth. Matter of fact, the, the two witnesses, um, which I'll get into, but is, there's uh, enough evidence in the book of Revelation that the two witnesses are, are, are not just two individuals, but two assemblies. And they're going to be protected all throughout the tribulation. Okay, In addition to uh, whoever these 144,000 are specifically, I know they're the part of the tribes of Israel. But uh, it does say that that they will be protected and none of these plagues will, will hit them. So anyway, Revelation 9, verse 5, And to them it was given that they should not kill them, but that they should, and they, these, the people that will be afflicted by these plagues, that don't have the seal of God on their foreheads, um, the 144,000 or whoever God chooses to protect. Um, Revelation 9, verse 5, And to them it was given that they should not kill them, but that they should be tormented five months. Okay, which should tell you that these trumpets uh, are going to last more than just one day, <laughs> just by that scripture. Revelation 9, verse 5, And to them it was given that they should not kill them, but that they should be tormented five months, and their torment was like the torment of a scorpion when he strikes a man. Verse 6, and in those days shall men seek death and shall not find it, and shall desire to die, and death shall flee from them. Verse 7. And the shapes of the locusts were like, and here's the Bible interpretation of these locusts, 
were like unto horses prepared unto battle, and on their heads were it like crowns like gold, and their faces were as the faces of men. Verse 8, And they had hair as the hair of women, and their teeth was as the teeth of lions, and they had breastplates, breastplates, uh, means breastplate, as it were breastplates of iron, and the sound of their wings was as the sound of chariots. Uh, some people have interpreted this as the modern military armaments of the 21st century, and like a helicopter. It sounds like the sound of chariots of, of many horses running into battle. Verse 10, And they had tails like unto scorpions, and there, was, and there were stings in their tails, and their power was to hurt men five months. So again, this was repeated again, five months. So the fifth trumpet involves five months of, of, um, of tremendous uh, trial upon the earth. Verse 11, And they had a king over them, which is the angel of the bottomless pit, whose name in the Hebrew tongue is Abaddon, or Baden rather. But in the Greek tongue, his name is Apollon. Apollon. Okay, so this is the first woe. And the first woe involves the unleashing of this, this plague upon the earth. Okay? The ones that the, the 144,000 were specifically protected, and I suspect whoever God chooses at that time, others will be protected as well from these plagues. All right. All right, so that's what the fifth trumpet involves, ladies and gentlemen. And in verse 12, it says, One woe is past, and behold, there come two woes more thereafter. In verse 13, And the sixth angel, the sixth trumpet, sounded, and I heard a voice from the four horns of the golden altar, which is before God, saying to the sixth angel, which had this, the trumpet, Loose the four angels which are bound in the great river Euphrates. And that's near the area of Iraq today. And the four angels were loose, which were prepared for an hour and a day and a month and a year to slay the third or 33% of men. Verse 16. And the number of the army of the horsemen were 200,000. Thousand. Let us stop here. Who, which army on the earth has that? today this this is another key to help you to understand this book was was really written it was written for all ages to understand uh end time prophecy but those in the 21st century could really understand this verse because back during the first century the population of the world was just approximately 200 million people and now in the 21st century we have a population of 7 billion people and in verse 16 it says, in a number of the army of the horsemen were 200,000. That's 200 million. China has an army of 200 million, folks. So this, this, is certainly, this book is certainly talking about the 21st century. And I heard a number of them. Verse 17. And thus I saw the horses in the vision, and them that sat on them having breastplates of fire, and of jansive and brimstone, and the heads of the Horses were as the heads of lions, and out of their mouths issued fire and smoke and brimstone. This is certainly describing um, military armament. Uh, certainly nuclear bombs are going to be used as well. Verse 18. By these three was the third part of men killed. So 33% of men killed. You notice uh, when I did the, the Bible study on the four seal that uh, one-fourth or 25% of the world will be wiped out. 
uh, of people of the world will be wiped out. Well, this is finishing it up here uh, in verse 17 of Revelation chapter 9. Well, actually, it's part of finishing up because you'll see later on uh, other people will unfortunately be wiped out too. Uh, it says, And out of their mouths were issued fire and smoke and brimstone. By these three was the third part or 33% of men killed by the fire and by the smoke and by the brimstone, which issued uh, which issued out of their mouths. Verse 19, for their power is in their mouth and in their tails. For their tails are like the serpents and their heads, and with them they do hurt. Obviously, this is a description of military armaments. Verse 20, and the rest of the men which were not killed by these plagues, these are plagues, yet repented not. And this is what God is hoping happens when these plagues are executed, that people will repent. Yet repented not of the works of their hands, that they should not worship devils and idols, gold and silver and brass and stone and of wood, which neither can see nor hear nor walk. Neither repented they of their murders, nor their sorcerers, sorceries, rather, nor their fornication or their thefts. So the majority of the earth, unfortunately, people on the earth, <laughs> based on all these tremendous trumpet plagues did not repent folks and that just tells you how wicked the world will be at this time and so I, I gave you a description you know there's I think there's uh, some people teaching that the fifth trumpet is the, the great tribulation I, I don't see that comparison there based on the, the description of this trumpet alright and the fifth trumpet is a description of this star or this being is, is probably an angel, more than likely, uh, some angel coming, and with a key to the bottomless pit. And the bottomless pit, the, the, the bottomless pit, is described uh, smoke coming out. And when this bottomless pit was open, the sun and the air was darkened by reason of the smoke of the pit. And there came out a smoke locust upon the earth. And the locust all is described as military the military um, and and they go and destroy uh, the earth 33 percent of, of the trees what does it say here it says uh, in verse 5 to them it was given that they should not kill them but that they should be tormented five months and, and their torment was as a torment of a scorpion now you know the tribulation lasts more than five months and when he strike of a man and in those days shall men seek to Seek death and shall not find it and shall desire to die and death shall flee from them. Okay, so that's the that's the fifth trumpet. That's the fifth trumpet, folks. Talk about world news. I mean, next week we're going to talk about the tenth chapter of the book of Revelation, which is interesting, and um, I think we may talk about Revelation ten and eleven because I, I need to go over those chapters. And see what these chap these chapters we're about to go into the book of Revelation, Revelation ten, eleven, twelve, and thirteen, all are descriptions of events I've already described, but it goes into detail and specifics about those events, and I'm going to explain it to you next week. All right, so some world news that I wanted to touch here. Um yeah, I wanted to read this to you. Um, this is pretty significant here. It says, the United Nations, this was uh, published uh, March 10th, 
again on my birthday. Weird. Anyway, UN warns world must produce 60% more food by 2050 to avoid mass unrest. It says political turmoil, social unrest, civil war, and terrorism could all be on the table unless the world boosts its food production by 60% come mid-century, the UN's main hunger fighting agency has warned. And this is the things that uh, Yeshua talked about. Yes. It says the world population is expected to hit 9 billion people by 2050, which coupled with the higher um, intake of increasingly wealthy people is likely to drastically increase food demand. Uh, the higher caloric intake of increasingly wealthy people is likely to drastically increase food demand over the coming decades, said Hiroki Konuma, the Assistant Director General of the UN Food and Agricultural Organization, Asia Pacific. says increased food demand comes at a time when the world is investing less in agricultural research, prompting fear among scientists that global food security could be imperiled. And I quote, if we fail to meet our goal and a food shortage occurs, there will be a high risk of social and political unrest, civil wars and terrorism, world security as a whole might be affected, end of quote. Reuters cites Konuma as saying at a one-week regional food security conference in Ulan Bator, Mongolia. Several factors could exacerbate, exacerbate the potential for apocalyptic famines. In November, a leaked draft of an intergovernmental panel on climate change report warned that climate change could cause a 2% drop each decade of this century. In the past three years, for example, Australia, Canada, China, Russia, and the United States have all suffered big flood and drought-induced harvest losses. Harvest, I'm sorry. Harvest losses. It says, exacerbating this problem is a convergence in diets worldwide with reliance on ever smaller group of crops leaving global food supplies increasingly vulnerable to inflationary pressure, insects, and disease. So, you know, this, you know these are some serious issues, folks, and, and we need to... Um, <laughs> this, this guy, Luke uh, Hildebrand, he says, we will be well into the 1,000-year reign of Christ by then. Remember, Antichrist comes first, then Yeshua, Jesus. Don't take the mark of the beast. <laughs> so, you know, that's good insight there, and I truly believe that, too, uh, that um, it could be. You know, by the time 2050 come, more than likely the the the, the, um, the kingdom of God on this earth will be here. If not, it's on its way. All right, so I just wanted to read that to you to, to, to show you that, that we certainly are living in the end times, folks, and uh, we need to, to take heed to that and, and take this seriously and realize that we really don't have uh, that much time left, and we need to uh, to understand that and to prepare to go through a tremendous amount of trial on this earth. With that, may God bless and keep you, and God willing, I'll be available to you next week. Shalom. Peace. Malachi chapter 4. For behold, the day cometh that shall burn as an oven, and all the proud, yea, and all that do wickedly shall be stubble. 
And the day that cometh shall burn them up, saith the Lord of hosts, that it shall leave them neither root nor branch. But unto you that fear my name shall the Son of Righteousness arise with healing in his wings, and ye shall go forth and grow up as calves of the stall. And ye shall tread down the wicked, for they shall be ashes under the soles of your feet in the day that I shall do this, saith the Lord of hosts. Remember ye the law of Moses my servant, which I commanded unto him in Horeb for all Israel, with the statutes and judgments. Behold, I will send you Elijah the prophet before the coming of the great and dreadful day of the Lord. And he shall turn the heart of the fathers to the children, and the heart of the children to their fathers, lest I come and smite the earth with a curse.